Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev episode number 90. Chris, do you know the year that Peter Beagle's classic, The Last Unicorn, published its unabridged audiobook? Uh, 1990? 1990! That's correct. <laughs> the same last two digits as the number for this episode. That's great. I, I don't know how I would have guessed. <laughs> uh, cool. How uh, how you doing? What did you get up to uh, this last week? Uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, the last unicorn will tie into my answer. Um, this last week, I went to Colorado for my brother's wedding. Um, it was very good. Uh, the bad side, uh, the only bad part was that my daughter got sick just before. So mm. she could not come. Uh, you know, 103 fever and was sick for like five days. It wasn't COVID. It wasn't strep. It wasn't uh, flu. It wasn't pneumonia. The doctor said it was just some virus. So my wife had to stay home uh, with her. As part of that, they watched The Last Unicorn, which is <laughs> why that is part of the uh, the opening. Um, I, I just randomly picked yeah. that as a fun fact, actually. I had, I had no idea. <laughs> what, a, what a crazy coincidence. Um, yeah, so that's what I did. It, it was, uh, yeah, Colorado is cool. Uh, it, it is, so we were up at 7,900 feet for the wedding uh, elevation, which uh, made me, like, breathe really hard every time i went upstairs <laughs> and uh it's also extremely dry there um but it was beautiful and everything worked nicely so that's what i did mostly wonderful and uh sad that the uh your your daughter and wife couldn't go to the wedding but uh i got to chat with her a little bit we're friends now since we visited like <laughs> that's right it's fun uh so we got to chat about like this cool mother daughter thing that uh she got to do instead i had never heard of the last unicorn that, that is now on my uh, movie watching list has Angela Lansbury apparently who yeah. is uh, and Jeff Bridges which, and Jeff Bridges yeah <laughs> in an animated movie which is kind of cool yeah that's pretty cool uh Angela Lansbury played Mrs. Lovett in the original West End production of Sweeney Todd she was on the if you if you look at like the original and the best Sweeney Todd soundtrack on Spotify <laughs> Angela Lansbury is uh Mrs. Lovett so yeah I'd like to uh, listen to that but uh, yeah it you know this this I think is indicative of i don't i don't know what the internals of this were of like the the fights that happened or uh getting upset or something but uh had something like this happened in my family growing up i feel like there would have been a lot of extra like guilt and shame and like fighting between my mom and dad that would have happened and uh i'm not getting the sense that that happened and from visiting you at uh sarah and i were both struck with like oh man chris and Brittany have like a really nice stable uh healthy relationship and uh i think when you have that sort of foundation this is something sarah and i've been working a lot on in in therapy like you can deal with you can deal with tragedy without it becoming uh terrible like there's not this extra layer of it of both of you fighting and blaming each other for what happened and uh feeling resentment towards each other like this bad thing happened and you dealt with it and it's okay and uh i i admire you and your family dynamics a lot for that i think you you both made the best of a uh, tricky situation. Oh, yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. But, yeah, I mean, there was no fighting. There was, you know, it, like it was my brother, so it was clear that I was going to be the one to go and she would have to stay. And I took my son because um, he was still healthy. And, like, even the rest of my family was, like, you know, bummed that she couldn't come, obviously. And it was mm. – it's kind of lame going to a wedding by yourself if you have a significant other back home. Like, that's, yeah. like, uh, sort of, you know, uh, silly. But, um, yeah, overall – 
yeah, everything went, went smoothly. We're also going to, so we're going to go to my parents' house for Christmas this year and everyone will be there, all my siblings. And so we're going to bring the, like the flower girl dress that my daughter can wear and stuff. Yeah, and we're yeah. going to take pictures um, because my, so uh, there, there were other family members that will be there at Christmas that couldn't be there uh, in Colorado. And so, yeah, we'll, we'll have a secondary sort of uh, celebration uh, around Christmas time. And yeah, so I, overall, it's all right, you know. I like like it stinks, yeah. but it's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a wonderful way to still have that sort of special family time. That's yeah, I, I like that. It it can be difficult difficult for me in the moment to realize like that it can still be a, like if if my dream of how I wanted things to happen, it's clear it's not going to happen because someone's sick or we missed a flight or something. Uh, often you can come up with a new way to achieve the same sort of thing that's actually better so who knows what might come of this family reunion and like bringing the dress and taking pictures but like and there, there may be upsides of that that you wouldn't have gotten if, if it had happened at the wedding so uh yeah quality well, uh i control mean even that sort of situation yeah even like you know so my wife and daughter got some sick time but but you know daughter mother bonding time and and i traveled with my son for the first time and uh you know so got some father-son bonding time for like you know four days and so yeah. yeah even even in that situation it was good came out of it so yeah i think there's upside to most things yeah that's the sort of memory too that i could imagine growing up like they're gonna that that's much more unusual traveling with only right. one parent and yeah it's and it's kind of cool like <laughs> that your son got to hang out with his dad and your daughter got to hang out with her mom and uh <laughs> got to watch the the last unicorn and like uh <laughs> yeah. i those memories may be more formative than uh if if you had merely gone on like another family trip and uh just hung out at the wedding uh i'm sure the mem- wedding the, the wedding will be memorable regardless and uh yeah there's there's a, an upside from this uh cool what else did you get up to this last week well i got a second user for acorn chat to pay which means amazing i have 100 percent user growth <laughs> yes somebody invest in this company this is That's right crazy growth 100 percent month on month uh, growth um <laughs> yeah uh so that's cool and it's not even someone who i had talked to before they just signed up and then they started paying and uh that, that's cool <laughs> that yeah um yeah so and and now uh i am my costs are something like 30 something dollars a month and my okay. mrr is like 58 dollars a month so i'm profitable. all right all right <laughs> cool <laughs> counting my time at zero <laughs> but that's okay <laughs> we're just we're just having fun when we're uh working on this so yeah the, the time is like you, you could be you know playing video games or you could be building a SaaS. so yeah whatever yeah. Um, cool congratulations uh, that's fantastic yeah, yeah what, uh, so, what, what insights have you gained about the type of person who might use acorn chat based on who the second customer is yeah so i, I actually have to look at their site because I, I don't even know what they do um i just because i just found out a couple hours ago um but two of the three so, so there's one other person who i think will pay soon i've been talking mm-hmm. to him and tr- sort of fixing some s- stuff up for him and so two of the three so i think i'll have three paying customers and two are agencies like small agencies and agencies for whom like hubspot or intercom are too big so we kind of talked about this last time but it's like it's like too much stuff in hubspot or intercom and that's the whole point that's why i built this is like it's just a super simple it like does one thing well um and agencies seem to like they don't get that many messages per month, but the messages they get are extremely valuable because, mm. you know, a client to an agency might be worth, you know, a hundred K or something like that. So mm. if they are very responsive, then it can be extremely valuable. So that 
seems to be a good sort of mental model for me at least is like Mm. this small agency who you know maybe it's like 10 people and they don't have multiple teams but it's also like each client of theirs is very valuable Mm. um yeah that's very interesting because i could imagine segmenting pricing based on number of messages but that's the opposite of what would make it more valuable for them i I would almost want features that are like a a backup text update Mm. if somebody messages or like I don't know. I don't know what what else that sort of person would want, but it's not more messages. It's not the the number of messages per month. It's like guaranteed delivery or like I don't know. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. Congratulations. That's great. This is this is so exciting. Um I do you know how they found out about you? Probably through the Slack App Store. I am assuming through the Slack App Store, but okay. um they they weren't a Slack install and because they don't have great analytics or actually because Slack blocks the refer i don't know mm. if they came through the slack app store i assume they did but okay. because i have no other real marketing going on yeah okay something i'd be curious about i know that uh i think you had said that the slack app store doesn't allow paid ads is that right you can't Correct. advertise in the slack app store as far as i know yeah i wonder if people who are looking for a slack app might search somewhere else like might search on google like when i'm looking for a chrome extension i don't go to the chrome extension store and then search for it i search in google chrome extension and then the thing that i'm doing or in, in DuckDuckGo. so i'm curious if there's an opportunity to buy a google ad and then eventually convert that to just a, a seo page that uh, naturally ranks that's for a term something along the lines of slack live chat app and test if that would convert um how does this yeah. sound? Almost certainly, yeah. I, I, I suspect so. There's probably a, a lot of people searching for yeah live chat Slack or customer chat Slack widget or something like that. So, cool. um, yeah, when I start doing ads, whenever that is, um, I have, I have this list. Uh, here it is. It's like uh, 15 features, um, and I know you're going to tell me not to do features, but several of them are marketing adjacent and so okay. and, and and six or so of them came from the person who's going to pay me as soon as i implement two of them so yes. um uh anyway once i once i do those i will feel pretty confident that i implement 80 90 of the features that i would say make a there, there are competitors right that are just this focused sort of live chat thing yep and there are a few that there are a few features that are like I'm going to need to have, like, I'm going to need to have file uploads. I know that because people have asked for it. And so like, there are a few features like that. And once I do that, I will feel confident spending money on, on ads. Okay. What I'm hearing is you want to build the features before doing marketing. Is that right? Uh, I I would say, so yes, but (laughs) (laughs) I I would say I've done the marketing, uh, marketing efforts by talking to people. And what people are telling me is they want different themes. They want file uploads. They want custom text on different pages and a couple other things. And so, yes. like, that's what they're looking for before they spend money. And I've talked to enough people now, which is like five, four or five, to know that that's exactly what they want. So, okay. yeah. I agree with you that those are good, important features to build. And people are paying money for this right now. That's true. That's without true. They file are. uploads, without any of the other stuff. <laughs> there true. will always be technical things to build. And this is so much easier to talk to you about this than it is to actually do it myself. So I'm going <laughs> to enjoy I'm pro- this while I can. <laughs> I'm probably going to tell you the exact same thing. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. yes that's what this podcast is i just i you know what the advice is you should be getting and i tell it to you and then we, we yep. swap into the executive thing uh yep. yeah yeah uh no yeah how long does it take to buy a google ad last time i tried it took me a day and i didn't do it it does take a long time <laughs> <laughs> like i couldn't figure the stupid thing out I was, 
I think we talked about this. I want to pay someone $100 just to buy a Google ad for me. Like, if anyone's out there and they want $100, buy me a Google ad. Go for Actually, it. that's the sort of thing that I imagine would be on Fiverr, that you could just hire someone to, to do that. Uh, so I've sort of looked for this. The problem is, if I want someone who isn't just some random person <laughs> like yeah. like that has references it's more like a thousand or ten thousand dollars like there are agencies that'll do this for you i'll uh, do it for you for a hundred dollars sweet <laughs> all right let's do it what do you what do you want the ad to say i don't know you got to figure that out That's i'll figure it out i'll get you i'll i will write you a bad ad give me access to your google ads account i don't know if you could i think you can do that without like giving me your google password uh, i have no idea you, you got to tell me as part of the hundred dollars <laughs> that's part of the hundred dollars i got it i'm on it uh that's going to be most of the work of the hundred dollars. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I got it. I'll do it. Uh, cool. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah, pay me a hundred dollars and I will, uh, tell you what to do to give me access to your Google ads, ads account and I'll buy you an ad <laughs> for, uh, Slack app store, uh, or Slack, Slack, uh, live chat and associated terms. Cool. Cool. Done. Great. <laughs> and I'll write the copy. This is great. Fun. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, and then zooming at a little higher level, like this is a trap that I run into all the time of there's always features to do. Making features is so much more straightforward. Um, and you've got to be doing it in parallel. You've got to be doing the marketing at the same time as you're, as you're doing the, uh, the technical stuff. And like I've lived this for the last nine years. Like there's just always been more technical things to do. And that's not how you grow the business. You grow the business by marketing in its imperfect state because it will always be imperfect and like similar to having kids i think like i don't i don't know that a person could ever be like ready to have kids <laughs> I, I was talking to my therapist about this the other day and i was like well i just i just feel like you know if, if i raise income a little bit then that's that's the thing that i need to just like be be certain and he was like how much money do you have what's your runway like he didn't use the word runaway but he was like yeah. you know people have kids when they're poor right <laughs> like you're not poor so you don't it's fine <laughs> like just go for it uh in the same way i think i want i want a perfect product before i market it and i there will never be a perfect product there it, it can on, only improve and as long as i have an imperfect thing that's useful to some people it's worthwhile to market it uh does that mean I don't have this like burning desire to fix these low level issues and just like tackle these hard engineering challenges before doing any marketing? No, I, I really want to do that. That's actually a good thing. Uh, but yeah, you, I, I think that's the game of SAS. Like you got to be comfortable uh, pushing this, even though it's not perfect. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, have you seen the movie Idiocracy? Yes. That's yeah. exactly the, it's like the, the, the high IQ couple is like, well, we got to wait till the market, something, something. And yeah. Yeah. By the, by the end of it, the, the low IQ couple has like 10 kids and they have none. Yeah. 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 yeah exactly. That's the, that's the game. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I'm excited to buy you a yeah. Google ad. Great. Awesome. And then at the end, you can tell me if it was worth it or not. Great. <laughs> I suspect the answer is no. Thing. I can't lose because like, even if it sucks and I spend five hours on it, I've gone through that process for myself. Yes, and exactly. now I'm I'm like, okay, well, while I went through that nonsense, it's going to be easier for me to buy my own Google ads. So yeah, let's might as well do it. it for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into this later, but there's there's like three ads that I need to buy uh, mm-hmm. that I think would make sense to do right now. Uh, cool. Congratulations on your 100% user growth. That's very exciting. Cool. Um, and then it sounds like you're, you, you have next steps laid out of like, uh, making features and mm-hmm. I think you said in that list in front of you there's also other marketing things is that right yeah so some of them are like document the features I already have so yeah, yeah. like make like tell people that 
my app can do the things that it can do. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, some docs. So, um, uh, let's see what else is on here. Yeah, it's it's basically documenting the things it can already do, and uh, as part of that, like a video, like an install video, would be super helpful. Mm-hmm. So putting that on YouTube somewhere and and displaying it, you know, yeah. So about half the list is probably documenting or videos or that kind of work. Okay, that sounds good. That's fun too because that's not that doesn't feel like marketing to me. That feels like right <laughs> helping people use the product. Yeah, right. But it can. It could go for both. Because one of my users was like, how do I do this? And I was like, oh, yeah, I should have a page. How do you do this? (laughs) And uh, make it SEO, you know, searchable and stuff. Yeah. That's the best way to handle customer support, I think, is for every customer support request you get, ask the question, what would have to be true so that I never get this sort of request again? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a lot of the time, that's just have better documentation or have a video or or something like that. Yep. Cool. You won $5,000 from Kaggle last time we talked. Did they Did. send it to you as a check or in $1 bills or what's uh, that? Yes. So not yet. Um, they, uh, winners always have winner obligations. Um, they're clearly laid out at the beginning of the competition, but this competition has a couple. Um, one is to open source the code that I used to get mm-hmm. all the flags. Um, so I did that. Uh, and you can do it a few different ways. You can like put it on GitHub. No matter what you do, you have to post a discussion like uh, message with your link to the code. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kaggle also has these notebooks that are, you know, basically like, you know, GitHub, uh, it, it'd be like hosting on a GitHub, except that you can actually run it against the Kaggle like infrastructure. Oh, cool. So that's what I did. Um, so I did that. And then the last part is I need to give a presentation to the, uh, competition like runners. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time the presentation is like, so, so you have to do this if you win any of the competitions, but most of the time it's like, here's what I did. Here's my model. Here's how to use it. So mm-hmm. that the competition runners, like usually, usually it's a company or something and they can, take your model and then run it in production if they want. Um, and it's just, it's like an hour presentation, you know, it's just like a call basically. That's like, here's what I did. This one is weird. Cause there's no like model and it's not, not like they're going to run it in production. So I asked Kaggle about it and they were like, uh, yeah, let's get back to you on that. <laughs> and so I think what it's going to be is more like, here's what I thought about the competition. Here's how you could improve it next time. Here's what was confusing, stuff like that. Um, but so that call should happen at some point. It's not scheduled yet, but in the next month or so. And then after that, I should get five grand as long as everything goes well. So cool. And by goes well, I mean, uh, the reason they, you open source the code is because they run it against things that detect like, um, not plagiarism necessarily, but like, uh, if you run, like if you, it, it is more important in like bigger data science competitions where like, if you run something with proprietary code that other people mm. can't access, like that's against the rules of Kaggle. Mm. And so they make sure basically that you can run everything with open source code. Mm. or data sets that are freely accessible and stuff like that so i i did so that should all go well <laughs> great yeah 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 okay sounds like just after a fun conversation where you get to complain about that last problem yeah, that nobody exactly. got yeah, <laughs> yeah. great <laughs> Wait, which someone solved by the way yeah someone yes. solved that um after several hints <laughs> uh they solved it yeah and did we talk about this last time that someone solved you, it you mm-hmm. outlined your method of how you might solve it okay based on the hints do they follow a, a similar method basically yeah okay um yeah there was there were a few key things that i assumed that were wrong that it seems like everyone assumed and if you would not have assumed those and assumed slightly different things mm. then you could have solved it so it's like the problem is was slightly underspecified which which was the the key problem but and it's like if you think about how you would make these these uh like competitions it's really really hard to get something that's hard enough to take a smart person a day to solve but it's mm. easy enough that takes less than a month like yeah it's actually pretty difficult to get a competition that that 
fits there. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You have to hit right in that zone of flow uh, yeah. between being too easy or, or too hard. Yeah, that is hard. And I guess having only one challenge that was too hard, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's, I think so. And I think they had something like 12 or something in total. It was like 21. Yeah. 21. Oh, okay. Yeah. How many of those would you say are, were too easy? Um, I wouldn't say too easy. I think they appropriately put the easy ones at the start, which means you can solve like four like in an hour, which okay. got you really into the into the uh, you know game. Yeah, so yeah. like you solve the first ones, you're like, all right, this is easy, and then you hit like the sixth or seventh one, you're like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think they did that pretty well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, I think that was perfectly balanced then, and I guess having keeping one that's too hard is kind of nice because it's like uh, uh like iq tests if you give someone mm. an iq test and they get all the questions right they've broken your iq test because right. they're, yeah, they're smarter than the test so it's it's outside of the ranges of what you can test so like by having one question that was too hard for everyone that kind of means okay well assuming the questions are on a spectrum of difficulty uh we, we kind of nailed it like uh maybe in the future we have two questions that are too hard and uh maybe one person gets one of the questions uh yeah okay that's that's a pretty good way to set up that system cool i'm excited for you to get that five grand funnel it into advertising for acorn chat <laughs> uh sure <laughs> cool i was gonna say I, I spent way more than uh my consulting rate times hours to get that five grand <laughs> for sure for me. <laughs> so i'm gonna use it on living expenses is what i'm gonna use it on <laughs> Ooh, exciting <laughs> groceries <laughs> right i i did a hackathon in college and uh won something like two thousand dollars and they were interviewing me afterwards like oh my gosh two thousand dollars what what are you gonna do with that i was like probably uh probably buy groceries <laughs> they're like what you gotta it's 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 just fun competition <laughs> like don't tell us about how you're poor <laughs> you need to use this money to buy groceries but yeah uh yeah okay cool uh <laughs> uh i also heard that you have some recommendations on uh some key hacks for having a better twitter timeline in just 30 seconds <laughs> that's right tell us about those uh yeah so i mentioned this like it used to be i only followed people on twitter who were either my friends in real life or were like in my sphere so like SaaS or or rails or javascript or whatever mm-hmm. and recently especially it's all been growth hack threads and that's like been my entire twitter timeline and i've gotten Mm. really bored of that um so here are three uh, recommendations for people to follow who will not give you growth hack threads they just make my day happier uh, every time i see them Uh, the first is rainmaker 1973 which sounds kind of weird but um this is like tech adjacent like science adjacent um basically they're like just like no threads just one tweet and i learn something every single time so it's about really interesting sciencey things or or how the world works kind of things and uh that is very very high value for a tweet um whoa the the top tweet right now is a video of an octopus it says since octopuses lack bones they can contort their bodies to fit into tiny spaces this makes them excellent escape artists as confirmed by this one and it's yeah. a video of an octopus squeezing through the tiniest little hole. I know. It's always wow. a cool video or a cool gif or whatever. So, um, yeah, that's a great one. Uh, the second one is completely uh, unrelated, which is we rate dogs. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm sure there's a cat equivalent, but it's just it's just happy dogs, <laughs> fun dogs. And so every, every every day, a few times a day, you get, you get a nice dog. Um, and then the last one is the punny world 
which is multiple great puns every single day. The one today was, uh, fun fact, Australia's biggest export is boomerangs. It's also its biggest import. <laughs> and I, I smile every time I read them, and then I tell them to Brittany, and she uh, gives you know rolls her eyes. And that are <laughs> those are my three uh, Twitter Twitter people to follow. That sounds great. I'm so glad I expanded the tweet uh, verbally of what you were saying. I've I have some thoughts on Twitter threads. Sure. I think those are a symptom of Twitter measuring engagement poorly mm. um because it's clickbait right it's it's you're not you're not delivering the value in this tweet i have to expand the tweet to get the full value so there's uh and then i'm sure twitter's twitter is like measuring the engagement of tweets to be able to see like what what tweets are people engaging with the most so that's the tweet that will show people in their timeline and that could be something like favoriting it or that could be something like yeah yeah click on the image to expand it or probably it's ah they clicked you know show all the the tweets in this thread but then of course what that creates is people making these tweets were like you have to click the next one you have to keep reading and it's just these constant cliffhangers and I don't like that. I think it's a, a gamification of the system of what they're doing. Like, I could I could see the same sort of thing happening if I could devise some sort of a tweet that made it so that people favorited it. Oh, there was a there was a there's a image social sharing platform that's sort of adjacent to Reddit called Imgur, mm, yeah. and uh, there was a post I saw on Imgur this one time where the image was designed in a way that made the like animation like part of the image it mm. I, I think i think when you liked an image on the mobile app it had a heart in the middle of the image that like went forward and they had drawn like a body around that heart and so then when you clicked it it like the heart came from the person or something and it had you know millions of likes because yeah. the way to engage with this image is to like it it's that same sort of hack like it's it's cool the first time you see it but then if if that becomes the gimmick and just like everyone's doing threads because that's optimizing this game of trying to get the most engagements while keeping people on the platform uh yeah it's it's gross and i think i'm not against threads i like the idea of having more information than can fit in a single tweet and i have seen some threads that i've really enjoyed that go through multiple bullet points of an argument and uh i think visa can uh is his name does threads really well hmm. um that's my recommended uh follow for a twitter thread uh he does like interesting psychology and, and uh mental health and uh programming stuff um so he'll have a thread that's sort of like a, a mini essay and, and every tweet is uh, one idea but he's not doing these link baity scammy posts where like you have to keep reading to get just what is the meat of what you're trying to say um so i think if i was twitter the way that i would fix this is just bump down the score for engagements that are specifically expanding uh, a thread mm-hmm. i think i think it would be better if you sort of treated a thread as one atomic unit uh and as long as i'm reading within the thread it's as if i'm just reading one tweet and then, and then treat those as roughly the same um it may also be that they're overvaluing the time that i spend mm-hmm. on it and then if right. i'm reading in the thread the time goes up and so you know have have some way to account for that but uh, yeah, I think that's a adjustment that the platform should make that would make Twitter better. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I've done threads before. Actually, most of my followers came from threads, which is exactly why people do threads. Um, <laughs> yeah. But 
so I've done a couple of the link baity threads, uh, and I should delete them because they're they're not great. Um, and that got a lot that got more engagement than a regular tweet, which is why people mm-hmm. do it. But I've also done threads that have taken me like my the the biggest thread I've done probably took me a week to write, mm-hmm. and it was like learn React in ten ten tweets. It was it's a, it's my top retweeted thread, and that like I had an image that was densely packed. There were ten tweets. There were like it's like what I would put in a course, but in a Twitter thread, mm-hmm. and that the engagement on that was through the roof, mm. but it's because they spent so much time on it. And so I mm. wouldn't mind if people spent a ton of time and wrote these and wrote threads that are like that, that are like really, really, you know, deeply trying to teach you something. But most of them are, yeah, like here's 10 resources for whatever, or you'll never believe what I, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah. yeah I, I can't stand those. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a crappy Buzzfeed article, but in tweets. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. The listicle style things where it's, I, I, used to be homeless and now i run a four billion dollar company all it took were these 10 secrets (laughs) that that i learned from reading books and and then they're all just like sleep (laughs) exercise eat food (laughs) you're like okay yeah calm down Uh, although the thing that i have found very uh fascinating recently like, like i actually like these threads are the uh the joke threads that are like uh king charles uh gained 833 million dollars with these two tips <laughs> it's like <laughs> be born <laughs> wait or something like that uh yeah so i, I like this aaron, aaron francis had one of those recently that was like um there was some some company that was selling and i can't remember which one it was but he was like uh i run a uh <laughs> i run a ten dollar sass and here's what i would have done to have doubled the the uh profit of uh you know the the sale value of this company and it wasn't a thread it was just pretending to be a thread i <laughs> yeah. thought that was really funny uh because you read you read dollar sign one zero and you're like oh 10 million because the other thing <laughs> is like <laughs> but no he just runs a sass that yeah. has made ten dollars I, so. uh, I should i should do that i'm at i'm at 59 mrr <laughs> Yeah, start. Uh, I think you're a, you're an influencer now. You're a, you're a thought leader. In this exactly. Space. Um, that's funny. Uh, um, anyway, so follow, follow more dogs on Twitter. That's my recommendation. I like that. Uh, cool. I have three things to talk about. First thing, as always, is file inbox. I'm very proud of myself for keeping that focus. The second is uh, contracting. Uh, I want to ask you some questions about that. And the third, I want to talk about cabinets. Cool. File inbox. I got frustrated with myself that during the month that Sarah and I were in Genco Village and getting married, I got like two days of work done. So I feel like everything with file inbox sort of got pushed forward by a month because just nothing was happening. And I had a another call with Jonathan Zachs, my uh, very good friend and SEO consultant. And we went through the Facebook pages that we had changed from uh you know things that i'd added and and uh pages that i changed and he went through to see how those were doing and so a benefit of not doing anything for a month well that's not a benefit time has passed and so i'm able to see what the results of the marketing things that uh we did were and promising results uh several of the pages are now ranking on the first page of google with like minimal minimal effort um one in particular uh is a page called you send it alternative you send it was the previous name for uh another file sending thing that i don't remember the name of um 
but that's that's ranking on the first page and if you go to the page on file inbox it's just like a copy and pasted like the content is exactly the same as all these other template pages i have where it's just a table of features that i have and features that you send it uh had and uh it's telling people that they should go make a file inbox account and uh that's on the first page and that's awesome it got to the first page in i think two months uh with minimal effort on my part and then several other pages are on like pages two and three of google and those are also the same crappy pages where it's just a skeleton of a thing uh but jonathan gave me the advice that like if i just flesh those out more if i just add more content if i for each term that i'm trying to rank for like look at the pages that are currently ranking for that see what sort of information they're providing uh and then flush it out with that information and he gave me a great tip which was when you google something sometimes in google it pops up with the uh other people also search for and it's Mm. questions involving that so like i'm trying to think of of a good example um like a like a, a Citrix Sharefile alternative. Um, if you Google Citrix Sharefile alternatives, uh, the suggested people also search for box might say something like uh, Citrix Sharefile uh, maximum file upload size or something. And so that phrase is a really good phrase to include in your uh, page. And don't just include the phrase, like answer the question, but that, right. that wording is things that people are Googling for. Um, so I have a bunch of new to-dos for uh, on the SEO front of fleshing out those pages to uh, make them rank even higher. And I am already seeing promising results, uh, which is what I expected given what I know about how File Inbox is ranking in SEO stuff. Um, I think this is a game that I have a disproportionate advantage of because I have a whole bunch of backlinks. Um, but it's nice to see that it actually worked. So that was cool. Um, I have two other things on SEO, but I'll, I'll pause there uh, if you have any thoughts. That's awesome. Um, that reminds me that I need to make alternative pages for all of the competitors I have, which is <laughs> yeah, a yeah. lot of them. Um, and I love that tip about the people also search for and then answering those questions in the pages. Um, that is a, that is awesome. If you do that and you're, you know, you get on, you go higher up the front page of Google, that's like a microconf talk you could give, right? Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a lot of secondary things you could do with this, this information. Uh, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's great. Yep. Um, I said the same thing to Jonathan. Like, that's the first time I'd ever heard that tip. And yeah. it sounds so obvious and like a really good idea. And he was like, oh, I can't take credit for that. So he, he got it from somewhere else. I don't know. Where. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, very good idea. Oh, while we're on the topic, are you doing embeds when people embed uh, Acorn Chat in the website? Is that a link to Acorn Chat? Um, there is a link once you click the widget. Um, if you, if you uh, it, it may be displayed... I can't remember what I've done now. It may be display none. It may be on the page, but display none. Actually, it is on the page because one of the bugs I have right now is someone has a CSS rule, which is overriding my rule, which is making mm-hmm. the, the Powered by Acorn Chat widget display even when you haven't clicked the thing. So mm-hmm. I have a link on the page that I'm dis- either displaying none or visible, you know, false or whatever the thing is, mm-hmm. and it's not working on this guy's page, so I have to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do have a link that is that on the page. Okay. Okay. That Google but, but can it just see. goes what's that? Can Google see it? Like is is the code that when someone copy and paste HTML that's your embed code in their website, is that it is included in that in that code? Is there a link to your to your website? So n- no. Because you're not <coughs> running JavaScript, which I know was your recommendation before and I haven't changed that, yeah. Okay. But I, I highly recommend that. That was like yeah. the thing that I did completely accidentally that uh drastically increased the the seo ranking uh yeah. of file inbox because now everyone who has ever embedded file inbox in their website which is a nice feature that they want to do mm-hmm. uh has a backlink to my site and there are some like high ranking sites that 
that uh, have used file inbox and right. are currently using file inbox. So uh, yeah, that that's like where most of my SEO SEO juice is coming from. Yeah. Uh, cool. There were also a handful of other small things to do. Like right now, all of my articles, uh, it, it was written in Rails. And so I just made like an article uh, crud uh, scaffold. And so the default path for that is filemx.com slash articles slash oh, yeah. the slug. Yeah, uh, and he said, oh, it's, it's probably better if you remove articles and just have the, the slug there. So uh, I'm going to do that. And also redirects. I changed the... I changed the, the slug of an article, so the URL changed. And when he was looking that one up in Ahrefs, Google and Ahrefs seemed to be confused about what that was because it was a oh. 502 redirect, which is a temporary redirect. So I think Google, when it sees a 502, ignores mean 302 the or, URL. Do you mean 302 or 502? Three. What do I mean? 302. Yeah, sorry, okay. 302. Okay. <laughs> uh, so instead of 302, uh, change that to 301, a permanent redirect. Uh, and then Google will stop being confused and uh, Ahrefs will stop being confused and that, that may be having some impact on SEO. So it's probably better to change it. It's interesting in this game because there's a lot of uh, 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 cloak and dagger, like right. uh, <laughs> we don't know if this will work, but like you should probably do it. And uh, and then we'll wait two months and test and see what the result was. Exactly. Uh, and it, yeah, it'll work now until Google updates their algorithm to do whatever. Yeah. Right, right. It's, yeah. a, it's an inaccurate science, but that's why SEO consultants have unlimited, you know, uh, supply of things to, to teach you because it always yeah. changes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel so thankful for being able to have these conversations with Jonathan because like he's been playing this game consciously for a long time and he'll, he'll whip out these nuggets of wisdom, like, you know, answer the, the suggested people also ask uh, questions in your page. And it's things that like, I don't, I, how else would I have known to do that? Like <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's really nice to have him as a as a guide for uh, pointing me in the right direction of, of what to do here. Um, so, Jonathan, I, I, I think you're a listener of the podcast. Thank you so much. You're you're uh, helping me out a lot. He should write those up as tweet threads. And then, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Um, a second project in marketing stuff for File Inbox is. So I took the I took Elliot Dahl's part time YouTuber Academy last year, two years ago, and my big takeaway from that was like YouTube is a very drastically underused platform in mm. SaaS stuff. People are on YouTube all the time watching videos. Uh, the bar of the quality of content that you need to make, to make, especially in niche content, is pretty low, and the volume of traffic that you can get is way higher. Like the game of YouTube, the, the game that YouTube is trying to play is try to get more people watching more videos. So they're going to surface your content for you. And, and as long as you're just making engaging content, you don't have to play this game of like getting other people to link to your video. You don't have to play this game of, uh, you know, SEO and uh, buying paid ads and stuff. You just make good content and YouTube, if people like your stuff, YouTube will start sending people to you. So the insight I had from that was like, I should really be combining this YouTube game of making videos with SaaS stuff. Because... Um, the, the downside of just playing the YouTube game is people are talking about uh, CPM, cost per mil, uh, of cost, like co- cost per M, not mil. M is Roman numerals for a thousand, right? Cost per cost per thousand. Oh, is that what that is? Everyone says cost per mil. Yeah, mil mil is a thousand. It's cost per thousand. Yes. And I didn't know it was because of the Roman numeral. That makes perfect sense. Ah, look at that. I, I, okay, I think yes. so. so maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. Roman numeral <laughs> for a thousand. I was thinking it was like when people pronounce it, they say cost per meal. 
and I think it's like like a milli like a millisecond is one one thousandth of a second. That that makes sense. My, my Chrome just froze, so okay. <laughs> keep keep talking. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find out as soon as it, yes. M M is M is Roman numeral for a thousand. So yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Interesting. Okay, yeah. So so uh, the the game that people who are only playing a YouTube game uh, are playing is that they're making a, a CPM cost per M or a thousand, <laughs> uh, meaning uh, of about like you know two to to six dollars would be really high. So yeah. if, if you're a popular YouTuber like Ali Abdal and you're uh, you, you make a video and it gets ten thousand views, you're making like ten bucks, uh, and that game only really starts to make sense when you're in the the millions of views per video, and then you can just make bukus of money. But I had the thought like, wow, making you know two dollars per thousand views isn't that much, and if you have a conversion rate of one percent of people who watch your video that then click to your website. And you have a thousand people go to your go to your uh, watch your video. That's ten people going to your website. And then if you have, uh, you know, if it's high intent, like it's it's people who click through your website. If you have ten percent of those people uh, sign up for your SaaS, okay, that's that's now one out of a thousand people who watch the video are signing up for your SaaS. Uh, if you make more than four dollars on that, you're like beating this YouTube game. And usually right. that number for SaaS is in like the hundreds of dollars. So that's the those are the two things I want to be combining. I want to be somehow making videos that people you know watch the video and then eventually send it for my SaaS. and that's still something i want to test but one of the things that i talked about with jonathan on the call was like can uh, hrefs can also see youtube uh search information they can also see what people are searching for on youtube and the volume of traffic for people we just we just searched a a, a couple terms of like you know how to upload file or uh, uh how to send file the volume of traffic for that is drastically lower than on Google. And I think I had this base assumption that was like, this is a huge untapped market that if I just make a couple of videos, this is going to explode. And I think I feel a little more reserved about that now. I don't I don't know that it would explode. It's still worthwhile as an experiment. I, I still want to test this, but I think I may have made a, a fundamental uh, incorrect assumption about what people are using YouTube for. Um, I'd like to figure out a way to make this work. I, I don't know if it just means I need to uh, make a different sort of video of like, instead of how to send file, it's like, uh, you know, five tips for running a profitable sign printing business or something. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, that, that, that's another thing I'm thinking about this, this, uh, marketing via YouTube video game. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, um, that's interesting. I would be very interested to see the volume difference. Um, one thing I thought of that when you were talking was, yeah, so people do search YouTube for how-to tutorials, and I think that could be a very, like, that that was my initial thought, too. But when you were just talking, I thought, yeah, maybe you need to go even one step higher than the how to run a profitable sign printer or something. Make a higher, make something that more people are likely to find sort of for entertainment purposes. And then because the YouTube works the way it works, it's sort of like a like the Facebook, um, what's it called? The Facebook cookie or whatever. So as soon as someone watches your video on YouTube, they are more likely to be shown your next videos. Yeah. Yeah. So you have a video that's very high funnel. And then the next video is something like, uh, how to run a profitable sign printing business. And then the Mm. next video is like how to accept file uploads for your sign printing business. Yeah. Yeah. So that triplet of videos. Um, so they watch the first one, the next day they get recommended the next one, the next day they get recommended the next one. Mm. Um, and you should see your views drop off for each one, but that I think would raise your your views for the next one, or, or the last one. Yeah. Um. So that might be an interesting way to 
to do that. But you would have to think of like what is the what is the next step up from how to run a profitable sign printing business is like <laughs> I keep getting back to it's like it's gonna be clickbaity. Like the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the ten silly things customers do at sign printing businesses. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know, some ridiculous. <laughs> We're back to Twitter threads. Ex- exactly, um, exactly. I think I could I, I think what you're suggesting is like design the funnel for that. Yeah. And and like advertise video number two to people who have watched video number one and then advertise video three to people who have watched video number two my point is you won't have to youtube will do that for you as long as you release them all within like the same week say yeah like a couple days apart youtube will do that for you yeah that's very interesting okay okay that's an interesting tactic that's something i'd like to try and i think i don't like that i'm not in control of the funnel yeah i think i i feel like what would happen then is like I would get a whole bunch of people watching the first video that was, I don't know, me doing a comedy sketch about right. stuff, and it goes super viral. Um, and then YouTube says, ah, this channel uh, is very engaging in this one video. Let's do some tests of these other videos. And it tries showing people video number two, and it tries showing people video number three. And then what YouTube realizes is like, ah, nobody likes video number three. Some people like video number two. Let's push video number two a little bit, and then mainly just show video number one to people who haven't seen it yet um that that's totally possible and since i don't know what i'm talking about i i have no idea if it will work or not <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's, that's the fundamental thing with this test it, just like right? test yeah, it see know. what happens yeah. yeah yeah i like that yeah uh cool tiktok also is something i don't understand but uh i've heard of people who search tiktok <sighs> as if they would search google and so i'm um i would also like to experiment with it yeah we talked about that before i i have a feeling that would be similar like I can't I can't see people watching a TikTok and then signing up for a file inbox SAS based yeah. on TikTok. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't see that happening at all. But maybe I'm totally wrong. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. So here's something. Hmm. Okay, this is this is a good segue uh, into the next the, the the third marketing channel. Um, this is something we've talked about a few times. I want to build a file sending feature. And mm, this yeah. last week, I like took this seriously and, and did a bunch of research into current file sending uh, things and uh, spec'd out my notebooks just full of like screen uh, uh, screen mockups and uh, feature lists and things. Um, a file sending feature is the sort of thing that I could see doing well on TikTok or YouTube because that's much more consumery. Like uh, sending a file is something a lot of people need to do. Most people have encountered this problem of trying to send a file and it's too big, or uh, you're trying to send a secure document and you don't like that you're emailing this thing with your social security number on it or something. So maybe a way to do this is to build this feature for, for file sending and then make youtube videos and even like i don't even have to be making the, the videos myself i can i can be you know contacting uh influencers uh, <laughs> i hate that word uh on on uh youtube and tiktok and and you know offering them uh, uh money or like a free account or uh just chatting with them uh to make videos about this so if a video came up on tiktok or youtube that was like hey here's five cool tools you can use to uh, make yourself more productive and one of those five tools is the file inbox sending file feature uh that's something that i could see that's much more consumer focused uh so that that's that's a that's a time with the last one but i also want to talk about specifically the file sending because i have a, a question about it um when i did all this research on file sending as a feature i realized that file sending could be its own product um and before I was framing it as this is just going to be like a loss leader, like a, a engineering and marketing thing so that I can get more customers for receiving files. But a lot of the companies who are doing file sending have features like uh, 
read receipts or, or download receipts mm. that, uh, you know, when I, so I'm, I'm trying to send you a file, I upload the file, I send you the link. Uh, a lot of these services will send a, me a notification when you have downloaded it. Uh, that's cool. But also that's like, I'm the professional now that that's a, that's a sort of like, like if I'm, if I'm creating digital assets that, that, uh, you're hiring me to make, and then I send them to you, I would want to know when you downloaded them. Um, other things like that. Oh, like white labeling, uh, the, the download page that when you visit the page to download it, it's my logo in the upper left and it's like my branding and my colors. Um, what else? Emailing, tracking downloads, setting an expiration date, uh, encrypting the files but i think that's something i'm going to do anyway uh there's a cluster of features that i feel like is targeting a different market it's targeting people who are who are trying to send files instead of receive them and i don't know how to think about that like one of the things i could do is just make a very i i think this is what i'm going to start with regardless make a very minimal file sender uh that doesn't include any of these fancy features it's just file sending and when people receive the files via email or via this link uh i'm advertising to the person receiving the files and i'm saying hey you just got a file. If you get files routinely and you'd like to make it really easy for people to send you files and you'd like to not even think about it and have it go directly to your Google Drive or Dropbox and, you know, you want it branded and you want it embedded in your page and, and whatever else, uh, you should sign up for an account with me. Otherwise, no worries. Download your files. Have a good day. I think that's the starting point. But then the next step is like, I could be improving the file sending feature and I could be charging for the file sending feature. But now I sort of have two different related but different products where I'm charging people for sending files and they have their own feature set of sending files. And then I'm also charging people for receiving files and that's kind of its own thing. And I'm just confused about <laughs> how to approach that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Um, previously I, I've been sort of down on the file sending feature because I felt like that's been too consumery. Like it's as a solo SaaS person, I think most of your business will come from businesses. Um, most of your good business anyway, like, you know, mm-hmm. low support load and that kind of stuff. I really like the idea that people like agencies want to send files where they are encrypted and they know who downloads them and when, and maybe people can comment back and forth on the file or mm-hmm. they have a white labeled page or something like that. Um, I like all those features. I still don't really like the consumer idea for you, but as a, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, it would be interesting to test, but I wouldn't pour a ton of engineering effort into it, especially before you get the, I would get the serverless thing done regardless first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I think that's been weighing on your mind more heavily. Um, mm. I like file sending as a leader into a business to business file sending kind of thing. Um, mm. I also think it, it could be, it could be the same product. So when you have a file inbox, you can receive files on your white labeled page, or you can mm-hmm. send files on your white labeled page. And I, I sort of feel like that could be the same, the same product. Um, mm-hmm. you, you could also run it as two, but as a solo dev, you know, I think having it as one is easier. So yeah. I don't know. Did any of that resonate? I think my takeaway is I'm overthinking it. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I like the idea of having it as the same product. Um, and then you get the file sending and the file receiving features. Um, I'm curious that that may lead to people buying a subscription but then only using half of that but i think that's fine yeah uh yeah and i hear what you're saying about like not wanting to go into file sending as a as a solo dev uh and i may just be 
I'm, I'm definitely naive right now, but like, it seems really straightforward. Like the file setting seems like a cakewalk. Like I don't have to think about syncing it to, to, uh, different cloud storage. Uh, I don't have to think about like creating accounts. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to think about like, you know, people sending terrible files to each other and then right. the police contact me and are like, Hey, <laughs> tell us everything you know about this person or something, uh, or, or remove this file. Um, so I don't love that, but you know, this is always something that I could shut down. This this is a this is a marketing experiment. This isn't like a, a huge business pivot. So okay, I think like like most of the things we talk about, I think the answer is just I need to try it and see what happens. Um, yeah. Okay, I think that's what I'll do. Speaking of the serverless transition, uh, it's going very well. <coughs> Excuse me. Last time we talked, we talked about this tiny bug I had that I was just going to iron out like the next day uh, <laughs> of the memory uh, that the, the storage on a uh, Firebase cloud function actually being in memory storage. Uh, so I was running out of RAM and I had a very clever, very good idea for how I was going to change that to like download and upload in chunks so that I wasn't using very much memory. And I did that and it took way longer than I thought. It took like three days. And then after I did it, I tested it and I still got the memory errors. Hmm. And I was like, how is that possible? I'm only, I only ever have, you know, 36 megabytes uh, in RAM at a time. And that led me down this rabbit hole of garbage collection and memory management. And like, I, I haven't thought about this since college, but like the JavaScript runtime has to be checking periodically to see how full the RAM is yeah. and then go through and do garbage collection and garbage collection. I didn't realize this, but it's, it's like a really expensive process. It takes like a second to oh, go wow. through and, and garbage collect. Yeah. Uh, so this isn't just something you can do all the time. This like, you, you gotta be purposeful about it. So I was like, ah, no worries. I got this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure out how to manually run garbage collection. And then, uh, I'll, 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 I'll be monitoring the memory myself. And when the memory gets too high, uh, clearly the JavaScript runtime isn't doing this uh, very well. So I'll just trigger a, a, I'll pause everything and run garbage collection and then uh, resume everything. And as soon as I, so on the road to do that, uh, I, I just wanted to like print out what the memory usage is. <laughs> and so as soon as I'm just printing it out, I stop getting the memory errors and I start getting timeout errors where the program just stops and it just, it's just not running. And, huh. it's, and then it's like, Oh, your invocation, I think it's a it's a nine minute timeout on uh, uh, serverless cloud functions. Uh, it would be it would be printing out stuff and it would be saying, okay, your memories. Uh, I thought what I would see is like my, my memory going up and then keep going up and then it would crash, but it started going up and I was like, ah, here we go. And then it went down and then it started going up and then went down and I was like, oh, okay, well the the garbage collector is clearly working now and then it just stopped. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's where I am right now um, hmm. and it's frustrating and I have some more ideas of how to go forward uh but that's that's where i am right now that's interesting i wonder if uh just looking at the memory made it garbage collect and so you have a <laughs> yes. uh, yeah schrodinger's memory leak yeah that's right uh huh well hopefully figure it out i don't i don't have any advice other than <laughs> good luck i think so so timeout errors are like another class of errors that are solvable i think what i'm going to do is just I know the part of code that it's timing out on. So I think I'm just going to wrap that part of code in a timeout that says, if you don't finish within, it's uploading 36 megabytes. So that should finish in like five seconds uh, or, or much less. Um, if you don't finish this chunk within five seconds, then 
throw an error and, and try that part again. Um, and there's some other clever things I can do of like, right now I'm treating, right now I'm, I'm trying to upload every file in parallel. Um, and I think I could instead be looking at how big the file is. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the files are chop all of them up into chunks and then right. treat each chunk as a thing that I'm doing uh, in parallel. And then I can be dynamically uploading all these uh, chunks. So yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to do then that. You'll never get to a timeout. Cause I can imagine if you try to upload like a 10 gigabyte file, that would definitely time out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but if I'm, yeah. if I have three concurrent threads and I, uh, yeah, then, then I can just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the Dropbox infrastructure supports this. It, it allows me to just send chunks of files and, uh, in whatever order I want, as long as I'm being consistent. And then Google cloud storage lets me download files at whatever byte range I want. So man, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I know so much about file <laughs> uploads and downloads in the, in the cloud. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is good. Um, cool. I'd like to do like if, if I had a consulting job for doing file uploads and downloads or something that would uh, be very easy for me now, which leads me to my next point. I, uh, right, the other thing on. I want to I, do, I'm hearing something going on. One sec. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Um, I will entertain our listeners with a small anecdote from my life from today. This <laughs> oh, here he comes. Maybe. And that's okay. the story of how I almost died. <laughs> oh, hey, Chris. How's it going? <laughs> uh, yeah. Brittany brought the kids home and then uh, left to do an errand and they were fighting and needed parental intervention. So ah, that's what that was. Good. All right. Save it today. Was it a yeah. fight about anything good? No, it never okay. is. <laughs> yeah, it's always, you know, he hit me and it actually was him doing, I don't know, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love, have you seen the, uh, I think it's an Instagram account of uh, why my kid is crying. And it's like, <laughs> it's things like, you know, the, the, the reason is that uh, she's crying because she wants to go to the zoo and it's a picture of the child at the zoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was one once uh, he's crying because I cut the broccoli, but the broccoli was his friend or something. I remember that. <laughs> That's uh, good. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. to be a child. But That's like right. I get when I get upset, it's about equally <laughs> trivial things. Like, it's uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so I'll cut that out in post. No problem. All right. <laughs> i'll probably keep this though because this is hilarious yeah yeah uh i started rambling thinking it might be interesting but i don't think it actually was so yeah uh cool uh segue into talking about consulting so i picked up another consulting job uh for a uh well it's not official yet actually it's probably Mm. official uh and i don't know if i can talk about who the client is yet so i'll probably talk about it next time but it's a nice little job it's probably gonna take me a couple days uh and i'm gonna make a, a couple grand and uh, providing a lot of business value for him and uh, a nice little way for me to break up the type of work I'm doing for me. And I am talking a lot with Sarah about building a family and like uh, earning more money and saving money and having a nest egg and like saving for kids college and all sorts of things like that. So I am uh, interested in raising my income and I see consulting as a good way to do that in the interim while I'm working on getting file inbox to 20k MRR. And of the three or four contracting jobs that I've talked about on this podcast so far, all of them have just sort of landed in my lap. It's been friends who I was talking back and forth with, and uh, they had been hinting that they had some sort of a problem, and I was like, ah, you know, I could probably do that for you. Uh, and then I did it, and it was great. And I'm curious what it might look like if I was doing more active outreach for getting these sorts of jobs. Like, 
do I go on Fiverr? Do I do a Twitter post? Do I do a giant Twitter thread talking about 10 reasons why you should hire me <laughs> to do your, <laughs> uh, your contracting job? Uh, should I make a portfolio? Uh, I think you've done a lot more consulting than me. So I'm, I'm curious uh, if, if you currently wanted to ramp up consulting, uh, how, how might you go about that? Yeah, my answers for you would be no, yes, no, no. So I'll break that down. Um, <laughs> yep. You asked four questions, so I gave four answers. Um, I would not go on Fiverr. Okay. I would not do a Twitter thread, and I would not uh, necessarily make a portfolio. Um, you kept track yeah. of those surprisingly well. <laughs> I, I, I just throw these questions out there. I'm not, I'm not keeping track of the answers. That's okay. right. Uh, the one yes that you might consider, if you want to go pu- kind of public with it, is a single Twitter post. So okay. not a thread, but just a post. Something like, um, I want to do a little more consulting. I have four days a month. Uh, does your company need help with xyz whatever you think Mm. you're the best at um it's better if that list is shorter rather than longer Mm -hmm. and more the more specific you go ironically the better you'll uh the the better chances you'll have at getting stuff like if you just say javascript Mm. people will not understand what that is if you say like file sending infrastructure i don't know if that's exactly right for your audience but um anyway you'll get better leads um so yeah if you want to go public that's the first thing i'll try um you make it zero leads for that or you make it you know three contracts over the next three months um uh, but it'll at least get sort of the ball rolling for people to know that you are wanting to do consulting um when i was doing consulting i didn't do a twitter thread um although ironically right now i'm considering doing a twitter thread i have some time and so i might i might do a twitter thread um but what i found is seeds that i planted early sometimes bore fruit in like you know eight months a year and Mm -hmm. so that twitter thread might get you zero or one contracts in the short term Mm -hmm. but over the next two years, if people understand that you are willing to do consulting for a couple of days a month for this one technology, um, mm. then that's when I could really see it working out for you. Um, so yeah, I, w- I would do a Twitter thread, um, or you could just manually reach out to people who you think might need your services, people who mm. you already know, I mean. Um, and I would expect it to get zero or one contracts in the short term, but over the long term, you know, half dozen would be uh, my guess. Uh, yeah, that's some information about consulting cool, cool. i think I, I love the advice of uh, uh be specific don't just say javascript say uh react or, or something even more specific than that i think one of the areas that i'd like to do more consulting in for sure is uh firebase and i can mm-hmm. like tag firebase in the tweet so people looking for firebase would see that uh another one that i think might be good is ffmpeg stuff oh yeah um and i think ffmpeg also has a if not a hashtag, uh, uh, or if not a, an account, then uh, a hashtag. Um, and I don't know that I have a third one. I could just say like general React development. Something to that, like like when I do consulting for friends, they have a problem, and then yeah. I just figure out the technology to solve the problem. So I'm curious what it would look like if I'm if I'm advertising like a specific tool that I'm using to solve the problem what that would look like but like you're saying i can't just generically say like any software problem you have like i, right. I can solve it uh i think it'd be, be-, be better to, to advertise like the specific technologies okay okay firebase and ffmpeg yeah i mean you could do you could probably do react too and that'd be okay um, but firebase okay. and ffmpeg are, are specific enough that i think would, would be really good the other thing i'd suggest mm-hmm. is which i haven't done before but look at uh try to search twitter for other people who have high engagement tweets advertising consulting services 
mm. and try to see if there's a general framework of tweet that gets a lot of engagement. Um, that'd be interesting to look up. I haven't really done that search, but that's what I would do. Yeah, I would spend that's a lot of time. Cra- I would, I'd spend a lot of time crafting the tweet that you send out. Is okay. what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that's very good advice. Cool. Thank you. Um, oh, you know what I could do too is send out a, a email to my newsletter and see if anybody would like work done. Okay. Cool. That feels very doable. Uh, last thing I want to talk about. I'm making cabinets. Uh, awesome. Starting with drawers, and yep. it's so much fun. I got to like make my first cuts on this new table saw, and oh, it's so cool. <laughs> it's it's so like accurate. And oh, after I ran the plywood through, I like felt the edge, and I I felt the edge that I thought I had just cut, but it that was the factory edge, and then I felt the other edge, but it was just as smooth. And I was like, oh oh my gosh, I can't I can't <laughs> tell which edge is the is the one that I just cut. Uh, and then I tested it again and like the edge that I cut is smoother than the one that came from the factory. So like, Oh, that's really cool, which I'm happy with. Cause I got like this special blade to be ultra smooth and stuff. Um, and I got drawer slides that are undermount drawer slides and soft clothes. And, uh, I'm, I'm like measuring all the stuff. And, uh, I have my way of building a box that I think is the best way out of all these like tens of hours of research on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to do box joins, which is where you mm-hmm. cut little, uh, like grooves in each of the ends and then you slot them together and put glue in between and then it holds itself in place and sort of self squares itself uh, and it was really fun being in the kitchen with Sarah and being like alright here's the space we have to work with do you want two drawers do you want three drawers do you want like one big one and two small ones do you want like big medium small and uh, you know we're, we're measuring like the pots and stuff that are eventually going to go in the drawers and uh, I, I love I love that category of expertise that like I don't have to go to a store and figure out what drawers to get. I I am building the expertise to be able to make whatever the custom thing is that I want. Uh, and like drawers and cabinets are no longer magic to me. It's a, it's a set of components. Uh, soft closed drawer slides are magic. And that's something <laughs> that I don't think any reasonable person should be making themselves. But no, right. <laughs> the, the process of just like building a box is... Uh, it, it's stopped being magic to me and now there's this whole other dimension of reality that i'm like hyper aware of of like if i'm watching a movie and they've got kitchen cabinets i'm like oh there's a standard american frame and uh it's not soft clothes and uh you know it's it's this sort of uh front in the door uh and i, I went to go visit my sister uh last night and i i was like analyzing their cabinets and <laughs> she was like are you looking for something dude and i was like no just looking at the cabinets uh it's it's a uh a, a quarter 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 method to make her uh cabinet drawers where you uh, slot in uh, a quarter-inch dado uh, in all the drawers, and then they, they kind of slot together. Uh, yeah, they're much better built than the cabinets at our condo, which are just like butt joints, which is just one board against another board with a whole bunch of glue. And I, I got to see the <laughs> underside of one of the drawers, just like glue gooping out from all the different places that, uh, that had dried. So, uh, yeah, picked up a new hobby, and uh, it's a lot of fun and useful. Yeah, that's great. Um, I got into that a little. I didn't get as far as you did, though, but I want to because in the kitchen, too, although other places in our house, there's at least like three spots that could really use a very specific piece of furniture or cabinetry, and Hmm. you can't buy it. So like one of them is like, I have this spot in my kitchen, which is skinny enough for cans and about nothing else. And so I want to build this shelf just for cans that goes in this one. It's like wasted space right now. And I can't find anything on the Internet that would fit there, but I could build it. And so uh, I want to do that. And then there's another one, which is like a little elf. It like goes around a corner. So I'd have to custom make that. And then there's another one. Um, so yeah, that's cool. It's like, it's kind of like a superpower when you can use yeah. all of your, your dead space <laughs> with uh, stuff. 
Um, the other thing that resonated was, uh, I had the exact same experience when I started, uh, sewing and I, I was sewing because my wife started sewing and the patterns for sewing are like, like engineering diagrams are like really hard to figure out. So she mm-hmm. would ask me for help and then I would help her. And then I would, I ended up like kind of doing it too. Um, and you start seeing the same patterns in all your clothes. Like, like I was like, Oh, they use this kind of seam for this yeah, yeah. whatever. And yeah. Um, the other superpower that sewing gives you is like, if something fits kind of wrong, you can fix it, which, yeah. uh, it is actually a really big, big deal. Cause you, like, if you have a great piece of clothing and it like either it rips or, or it just doesn't fit quite right, you can actually change it if you want. Uh, so I recommend sewing, even though it's, uh, yeah, kind of a hobby for, I don't know, old ladies or something, but I like doing it too. So that's so funny to bring up sewing because that's the next hobby I'm going to pick up. Yeah, I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm intentionally holding off on buying a sewing machine uh, until I finish these cabinets because I, I have too many hobbies going on simultaneously right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I have but, opinions about the best sewing machine and surgeries and why you want one or the oh, other. No. <laughs> Please. <laughs> let me know but not right now <laughs> yeah, yeah uh let me let me finish the cabinets first uh but i i was trying forever to, to like justify to myself making my own shirts because mm. a t-shirt is like if you if you get a new one from h&m it's like eight dollars and that's like i i couldn't buy the material for eight dollars yeah. um but i found out a way to justify it and that's merino wool shirts because mm. merino wool shirts merino wool first of all is this fantastic material it like wicks and it's uh, anti-odor because it's very antimicrobial and uh, it's extremely soft and uh, when, when you pack for a trip you only have to bring like two or three of these shirts and then you can wear them several days in a row and then you can just wash them in the sink and they dry super fast uh, but merino wool shirts cost like 80 to 120 dollars each so okay now we're talking 80 to 100 dollars 120 dollars each for a shirt i'm pretty sure i could buy the material for much less than that and then if i'm making it myself it's like i can make it exactly what i want and uh it, you know it's 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 not gonna be as outrageous of a uh time to dollar uh calculation as it would be if i was making yeah. a shirt that i could have bought for eight dollars i'm trying to i'm trying to google merino wool prices per yard it'll be close yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> where do you buy merino wool by the yard was that is that I, a bolt i just i just looked online yeah but um so it's 35 dollars a yard Okay. You'll need at least two, two and a half yards to make a, a shirt. So you're talking 80 bucks, okay. 80, bucks just for the fabric for that. But it'll be exactly okay. what you want. Yeah. Okay. For <laughs> merino wool, I think I can make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, I I think it's it's sort of going to be the same sort of calculation for uh, for the cabinets and drawers. Like, had I yeah. bought just Ikea drawers, it, it would have been about the same price, but it's not like the custom thing. So... And the same thing for, like, the rings. When Sarah and I made the rings, uh, if I had just bought a, a simple ring, it would have been about the same price. But, like, because we're talking about more expensive things, it feels more justifiable to build them myself because then I'm not only getting the thing, I'm building the skills to be able to make an infinite number of those things. Yeah. Uh, you also have a story spending the, money on it. For the rest of your life, you have a story about it. So that's <laughs> yeah, cool. yeah. And then anytime I wear that shirt in public, I, if someone compliments my shirt, I, I get to pause the conversation and be like, thank you very much. I made it myself. That's right. <laughs> Let me tell you all about all the different seams in, in this shirt. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, cool. Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got too. Then I'll see you next week. Goodbye.